When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Hey guys, this week on the group chat, we are taking our group therapy a step further. And we are hearing from you, the fans, through emails and phone calls. And I promise you do not want to miss this. Yesterday, Matt Ryan... Moved to the side and was sucked. And then we take a look at quarterback Kyle Allen and what we expect out of him in New Orleans. That's where that deep ball yeah, came alive. That, that's where, like, Some he, good vibes. We have that and so much more, including a song at the end of this podcast that I promise you do not want to miss. We've got that and much more on this week's The Group Chat. <laughs> You've been added to the group chat with your friends Caroline Can, Max Henson, and Will Bryan. Welcome, everyone, to group therapy. How are we doing today? Really relaxed, actually. Will? Very relaxed. Yes. This is no longer the group chat. We have turned this in to group therapy. And if you saw a tweet that went out this week, we wanted to help all of you, our groupies, our friends out there with dealing with, you know, the reality of Panther football right now and, and what, we're, what we're dealing with as a fan uh, base and as, as friends. So we're just here to help. I think we should all close our eyes. Is this, what's and the... And then what do we do after we close our eyes? I don't know what comes next. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. What's the, um... What's the the noises that people make that make them relax? What are those called? AS, AM, ASMR? Clearly Matt's none of us listen to that. Is that Matt's it? giving you a thumbs up. Oh, producer Matt's like, I, I yes, thought it was just like it. the rain app on yeah. my phone. Yeah. Like Enya? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Like those, that kind uh, of music? Enya. One of the... I don't think that's one of <laughs> that's them. That's not Enya. One yeah. of the noises that people apparently like is my pet peeve. It's the sound of people chewing. There is a full track of this ASMR, is that correct? The ASMR track of people chewing. That's what the Cowboys did for their schedule release. Remember this year when they had like people like they had sounds of each team and they had like the Packers and they had like the cheese grater. Remember that? And they had like the different sounds for each one. Yeah. What did they use chewing for? Uh, I think they played the Giants and they chewed into an apple. Uh. (laughs) Oh. It's yeah. not the noise of the food that gets me. It's just yeah. the chewing. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. It's the worst. But back to group therapy. What we're doing here is is just, like I mentioned, sitting down as friends, 
talking about the reality of Panther football right now and the fact that this past weekend was tough. It was rough. It was not a fun weekend for Panther fans. Owner David Tepper said it best, but because we're a family-friendly podcast, we can't say exactly what he said. But he just said it was a poopy weekend. (laughs) Poopy. That'll be our line of the week this week also. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, that that will be. (laughs) Line of the week, it was poopy. (laughs) It was a poopy weekend. So as the reality of where we are, we're, we're turning this into, we just want to help you out. We want to hear your problems. We want to talk about it. We want to help you work through it. And to get ready for the New Orleans Saints, because this season, it moves quickly, it moves fast. So we've actually given you more time than the players get, than the team gets. They get this 24-hour rule to move on. It's Spoiler alert, it's been more than 24 hours. But some of you are so fired up in your emails and your voicemails that were left to us when we put out a hotline for our groupies out there that we need to address some of the emails and phone calls that we got. So welcome to group therapy. Our first client today, we're not going to say he's the front runner of our groupie fan club, but if it was a competition, I think he would be winning. Agreed. You, you might know him on Twitter as the mayor of Flavortown. He's not the mayor of Flavortown. We're not even sure if this is a fan account for the mayor of Flavortown, but he's our mayor of Flavortown, and that's all that we need to Max, know. Max, who's the actual mayor of Flavortown? Well, his avi is a image of Guy Fietti. What? You got to make sure you pronounce it right. Well, how, how do you, how do you say it? Fietti. Fietti. It's not Fieri. Oh. Well, which is probably what you were going to say. Learn something new That's every day. what I was going to say. That, that's also why I didn't say it, though. I knew it was wrong. So I just stuck with Mayor of Flavortown, hoping everyone knew. But we're going to help him out here because he sent an email that he said originally was 20,000 words long, but he narrowed his angle to just pick the top frustration for this season. And it is as followed. The defense. Specifically, how did this defense become completely inept and seemingly do so overnight? He then goes on to list a bunch of other There's things. There's a lot more words There's a lot that, more. Yeah. <laughs> and Mayor, we're all about being thorough. But for the sake of time, we're going to skip over it. Although we did read your email. We're going to, to answer some of the things that you said. But my favorite part of this entire email is at the bottom. He doesn't leave us his real name. Your favorite Twitterer, which is kind of true, Mayor Flavortown, with his Twitter handle, at JTFC underscore TM. Disclaimer. I understand that making an NFL roster puts you in the very, very small small percentage of athletes in the world that I often trip walking up the stairs. I'm in no position to criticize the athletic prowess of anyone, especially any of my beloved Panthers. Hashtag keep pounding. We appreciate that. But you spent 20,000 words saying otherwise. So let's I do jump like, into I this. I do like the self-awareness. <laughs> I yeah, appreciate the self-awareness. Yeah, I appreciate that. He does. And he, he, he also put asterisks in his paragraph where he would like that disclaimer to go, yep. which is perfect. It was right after Oh, I didn't even defense. notice that. Yeah, it was right after the defense. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny, though. Like, you know, you, you know, remember the Curb episode where it was like, if you say, now having said that, you can pretty much say anything you want mm-hmm. after, like, so that's kind of what he's doing here. Oh, yeah. By providing that disclaimer, 
So like he acknowledges that he's not an athlete, but now having said that, I'm going to criticize every single thing about these athletes. Max, <laughs> don't take offense yeah, to this. Yeah, no offense. But right, right. No offense. Again, but. I do appreciate I do appreciate the email. Um, Will, do you have initial thoughts? Or you want me to take the take the first stab at this uh, th- uh, therapeutic response? Um, I, I think, and and I I don't want to sound like you necessarily heard this before, but. You know, playing defense in the NFL is hard. It's especially hard when the player that you drafted, number one, first round this mm-hmm. year to help shore up your defensive line, has been struggling with a wrist injury for the last six games. It's especially hard when you have Pro Bowl caliber players learning a new system that they have to understand, they have to get, and the system requires from one part of it, from a run defense part of it. I think that there's, you know, and they coaches kind of went into it a little bit more last week than he's done before, but there really are, there's a lot more ways to make mistakes in this system against the run than there has been in previous iterations of this defense because there there's more space in the middle and guys have to make decisions at the last second and in concert with each other's decisions all at the same time. You know, when, you, when yeah. you're holding up a block and you have to decide, am I going left or right? And you have to do it not too soon, not too late. You have to get off of it, and then the guy next to you has to get off his at the same time. I think that's well said. In a simpler way, is it also just an adjustment going from mm-hmm. the same system for yeah. eight years to yeah. now? I think I think that's kind of where I go first, is just this is maybe there have been some more growing pains than were initially anticipated in mm-hmm. switching and I know they were doing this a little bit before, but obviously this season we've seen more of a drastic shift than we ever have as far as how the front looks and how they're going to operate. And I think that's been a real adjustment for guys. No, right. I mean that seems right. That seems to be and, the case. And, and guys, you know, you know, throughout training camp, throughout the beginning of the season, like you're, you're going to say the right things. You're going to say, hey, you know, you know, the, right. we, we've got this. We're learning this. We're going to be able to succeed. And you know, as as you know, games happen and times happen. Yeah, it's taken it's taken some time. I would say, too, I, I felt like kind of a snowball effect was happening where, you know, every defense is going to have, you know, a game or two. Mm-hmm. It felt like for this defense, when the, then that game or two first started happening, especially with the run defense, overcompensation really started yep. to take place. Yep. Whereas guys, and Mayor Flavortown listed this in his email, the, t- the, the names on the roster, I mean... These are real names here. I mean, we're talking Luke Keekley, Gerald McCoy, Shaq Thompson, Eric Reed. I mean, these are Pro Bowl caliber players, some of the better players on the defensive side in the NFL. So the talent has never really been an issue, but it seems like all these talented guys at one point or another have tried to do too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, is, that has hurt this defense at times throughout the season. The run defense was better Sunday. It was an issue now in the, the past D. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a guy in Calvin Ridley who had eight catches on eight targets for 143 yards. I mean... Of course, we know Julio Jones is going to to do some damage. You're never you're never going to completely shut that guy out. And you know Matt Ryan was pretty comfortable all day. So it's just kind of been one thing after another. Uh, it, their defense has just struggled to really play that complete that elusive complete game. Uh, and I think frustration started to set in, which led to some more issues. And, is, and, what, is what I would say. And, and and defense, offense, and special teams. You know they they talk about these things as distinct kind of phases of the game, but in reality, you know, these are people, and when you're out there on defense, you're feeling like you've got to get a stop, you've got to get a takeaway because, you know, the offense just, you know, gave up a turnover in the red yep. zone because you just had a, 
a punt return for a touchdown. Now you're down ten nothing because of you know you're you're trying to guard against you know two Pro Bowl type receivers and you know a quarterback that's now ranked tenth all time in the NFL history in, in passing yards. Right. Like you feel like you have to make a play. So when you go a little bit too much on one side, you try to really bite on something to make a play. Well, then maybe you get beaten on the backside. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know this is another line from his email. Um, Ron's resume as defensive coach speaks for itself. That plus the talent on this roster leaves the defensive results on the field a bit of a mystery. And I, I can't argue with that. Yeah, uh, I think that's that. We, we all came into the season thinking this defense has the potential to be among the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It has not been among the best in the NFL this season. And I think he, you know, points out not wrongly that. Um, that's been frustrating to watch because seemingly all the pieces are there. I'm with you guys. I think the bottom line and, and what you guys were saying and when you look at it from the big picture is this overcorrection of this defense started out really, really hot this season. And, you know, we were talking, they're still up there in a lot of categories because of how well they started. But now – these last couple of weeks, the run defense has been a problem. So then, you know, I think Luke Keekley has maybe tried to be the hero and he's trying to do too many things instead of just staying in the middle of the field and, and orchestrating where that defense is lined up. And then you finally get the run defense clicking this past week, but then your secondary struggles to be able to shut down the pass. I, I think it is this complimentary football just on the defense that we haven't seen that – you know, I think that defensive line does hide a lot of the youth in the secondary. And when they shored up the run and they took away the run, it exposed the youth in the secondary. Yeah. I think there's just the give and take of this defense. Don Terry Poe said it you know, to me last week. We haven't been playing together long. And, yes, mm-hmm. they, they can't use that excuse all the time. And he said it's not an excuse. We don't take it that way. But it seems like every game we leave saying, oh, we learned something new about us as a defense today. And, and right. whether it's a correction that they need to make or, hey, let's continue to do this. And, and talking to him after the game, I said, is it a win for you guys to stop the run? And he said, sure, it's a win. But then we gave up a lot of plays in the passing game. So there's still this yin and yang of effect that they need you, to figure out. I think you hit on it with the, the phrase complimentary football. Yeah. I think that you could say that about the defense with the run and pass D, and I think you can extend that to the entire team yeah. right now. Because if you look at the defensive performance against Atlanta, it was terrific early on. Yes. It was the reason Carolina was yes. in the game. Right. Like, it could have been really bad early it on. Could've, it it could have right. been yeah. 28 to nothing right. and yes. half. Completely. They, I mean, they forced, they forced three successive field goal attempts mm-hmm. from Atlanta with short fields. Yep. Okay. They missed one of those attempts, too. So they, they were putting the Panthers' offense in position to get back in the game. At a certain point, there's only so much a defense can take before you're going. You can, you can only bend so much, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to break if, if you're continuing to have to face short fields and you're not getting support from the offense, and I think that's kind of what happened. So I do want to give credit to the defense for making this competitive early on and putting Carolina in position to get back in it. I, as we know, the offense couldn't get rolling, and it never happened for the Panthers. But that defensive performance in that first half, is what allowed this team to have a chance. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to say. I just want to say I've had a breakthrough. This has nothing to do with the podcast. I've had something in my eye since game day in the fourth quarter, and I just got it out. That's huge. What was it? In this moment. I don't don't even know what it was. (laughs) Talk about a win. Man. 
We're done. Podcast over. <laughs> We're okay. Therapy is complete. I feel better, and that's all that matters. Can you guys imagine how annoying it is to have something in your eye for days? Yeah, I don't know how you manage yeah. that. Like, I'm just saying. It was wow. on my eyelid, and I finally oh. just found it. And Wow. <laughs> Woo! I feel better. All right. <laughs> We can move on now, but we're going to stick to the defense. We had a fantastic caller. He's anonymous. He didn't want to leave his name. So we're just going to call him the caller from Clover. From Clover. From Clover. And here is what the caller from Clover had to say. I'm struggling to figure out what happened to the pass rush. They had an unbelievable pass rush against Arizona and Houston. And yesterday, Matt Ryan moves to the side and was – Sucked. Tell us how you really feel, oh, caller from Clover. He it sucked. Well, boys, help him All out. Right. All right. Caller from Clover, we're here to help. I think, first of all, I think the sucked is just referring to, like, just how much it sucked just that he kept avoiding mm-hmm. the pressure. Because yes. the pressure was there. Yeah. They kept getting Ryan off his spot. He was moving around the pocket. And, and that's the first thing you have to do to have success against a guy like him. Uh, you let him stand back there, and he'll pick you apart. So I thought the rush was active, and they had him moving all sorts of ways. You just got to give Matt Ryan a lot of credit for the way he played. And again, this is a former NFL MVP. This guy's good. And the Panthers did what they wanted to do. They had him moving around, and he made a lot of plays on the run. And whether it was just finding checkdowns or keeping his eyes downfield and finding guys open, uh, they they sacked him three times and they had nine quarterback hits. Kyle Allen had ten quarterback hits against him. So we're, you know, I'm sure we're at some point going to talk about the the rush that Kyle had to deal with. Matt Ryan was hit one yeah. less. <laughs> yeah, Matt Ryan was hit one less time. I know. So the pass rush was very active for Carolina, but Matt, veteran quarterback in this league, obviously was able to withstand that and make plays in light of the fact that he had guys in his face all day. And as a defense, I know people don't want to hear this, especially after a game like that, but at a certain point you tip your cap and say, you know, especially from Carolina's D-line perspective, they, they got after him. And, you know, and, and again, I think it's, it's, it, this, is, this is one of those cases where a really good quarterback made really good quarterback plays. And, and how many times did it feel like, you know, almost there, almost there, almost there, and then he gets the ball off just the last second, gets hit, and then 40 yards down the field – what like a, a play is made like what yeah. mm-hmm. like how how yeah, did how did that twice. happen right you know and you're just like you did everything you can to you know you almost get to him and he's like on his back foot just heaving the ball up and boom forty yards later yep. Julio Calvin you know a catch is made downfield and you know at some point you know yeah the the pass rush you know forced it and made him get out right. there but you've got to make a play on the ball downfield and you know his guys made plays for him yeah they did you know i mean i think that's that's an important part of this too is there's a certain confidence when you're playing offensive football that comes with if you're going to take a shot and a guy makes a play for you what that does mm-hmm. for a group and you saw what happened to carolina's offense you know reggie bonifons dropped down the seam early in the game there was a chance there for a big spark play it didn't happen and i think that's that that was a real difference between the two days yep. for the offenses where Guys around Atlanta were taking turns making plays. Guys in Carolina were taking turns making mistakes. And, and it, there's there's something about this Atlanta team and this Panthers team the, oh, last, the last four years, man. I mean, there, there, Panthers there have is. lost seven of eight against seven the eight. rival Falcons. Seven of eight. We're going to yeah. get to this next one. We're going to lump at least my point from this pass rush to then 
this next question, I think, go hand in hand when we're talking about how Matt Ryan handled the pass rush versus how Kyle Allen handled the pass rush. So this is from Will Not Greer Jones on Twitter. Uh, but although it could be Will Greer's burner account because of what was said uh, at the end of this email. So that's still, that's still out there as a possibility. We're going to follow up on that. But he starts his email with a question, which I love. I just feel like that really set the tone for how we should be reading this email. And the question is what we asked. What am I struggling with as a Panthers fan, you ask? Watching Kyle Allen every week. Anyone who knows what they are doing when evaluating a quarterback can tell you that he is a problem. Poor pocket awareness, poor processing, poor decision-making, and his deep ball is non-existent. Yikes. We asked. I guess we did ask for what people were struggling with. Easy, yeah. Will Jones. Yeah. Here's why I want to double this up, though, with the last struggle of, of, our, of our dear friend. Caller from Clover. The, the difference between, I think, that what you're saying of, of Kyle Allen took one more hit than Matt Ryan did, there is a maturity level here. Matt Ryan, he's a proven quarterback in this league. He has seen this before. There have been two games, really, I would say, this season that Kyle Allen has been pressured the way – San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then this past game uh, against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I think were the two games where – you saw Kyle Allen not settle down. And for good reason, let's think about it for a second. He's getting a lot of pressure on him. He can't set his feet. He can't, you know, feel comfortable back there. The offensive line, this was a new-ish. We've seen this, but this was Greg Little's first game back and who he was going up against with that pass rush. There were a lot of things that were happening. I'm not going to agree with you here, Will Not Greer Jones, that he has poor pocket awareness, poor processing, some of his decision making was a little questionable in you know against Atlanta. And the deep ball is non-existent. Here's where I want to sit on this one. This last deep ball. Jake Delon was on the call for the radio and he made a great I thought a great point about the deep ball from Kyle Allen. What we saw from Matt Ryan was on this deep ball, he overthrew the mm-hmm. receiver. Kyle Allen's not doing that right now. He's not just airing it out. That's what Jake was saying. Just air the ball out and see if your receiver can go make a play. What's happening right now is it looks like Kyle is just trying to complete the pass instead of overshooting it when you're in coverage like they are deep down the field. I think that was probably, to me, the most frustrating in the game against Atlanta just because Matt Ryan was completing those passes. In a game where maybe it wasn't Matt Ryan and and it wasn't Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley making those connections, maybe you don't notice it as much. But to me, I can get on board with you, Will Not Greer Jones, about the deep ball. I think it is there. You're you're against him on the deep ball. I'm I'm saying I understand that the deep ball is non-existent. I understand where he's coming from in that. Here's what I would say. Kyle Allen's a good deep ball thrower. I mean, we yeah. saw his yes. first start in New Orleans last year. Yeah, the guy can throw the deep ball. Like we, so to say like it's non-existent is not true. He is capable of throwing a good deep ball. Right now, obviously he's struggling, but like he's got the arm talent to right. do that. He, I think I'm, he's not I'm executing it. He's not executing right. it. That's right. where I'm sitting. Yeah. I right. understand where you're coming from. I don't necessarily agree with the pocket awareness and poor processing and so some I of would the decision making. He was he couldn't get his feet settled against Atlanta. Ron Rivera said that at halftime. We get right. that. Let's call let's call the Atlanta game what it was. Poor decision making, poor processing, pocket awareness. Yes, to all three. It was brutal. 
Okay, let's let's just call let's just call that what it was. And I know a lot of people are very excited to hear me talk on this podcast this week after I kind of stumped for Kyle last week. <laughs> Good luck defending him this time. And it's like, okay, here's my chance to kind of sit here and say that. Let's just get that out of the way, right? It was it in was this brutal. particular game. It was brutal. It was brutal. Greg Olson said afterwards, not pointing any fingers at anybody in particular. It was a comedy of terrible football offensively. Okay, so let's just we can all acknowledge that. But again, I will say this: which young quarterback? going through his rookie NFL season, is not going to struggle with pocket awareness, processing, and decision-making. That is playing quarterback in the NFL as a rookie. Yes. I'm going to remind you guys of a statistic. And I'm not comparing Kyle Allen to Peyton Manning. I'm not doing that. Okay, so when yes, somebody tells me on Twitter... But, yes, you are. But, yes, you are. But... Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions as a rookie. Okay? 28 Playing quarterback in the NFL as a rookie is is going to involve games where you are going to look like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and, and again, this is going to sound a little bit like last week or making excuses for Kyle. I don't care. Say, say what you want. I'm telling you right now that the Atlanta performance was brutal. Kyle in Green Bay had acknowledged the fact that he had a poor decision throwing that pick in the end zone. He was going to learn from it. Unfortunately, Atlanta, he made the same mistake twice and then the third time, mm-hmm. forcing the ball when he shouldn't. Look. You're going to take your lumps in this league, and right now he's learning the hard way because that's two weeks in a row where it's really cost his team. But, again, I remind you that there is no rookie quarterback starting. And, again, we're calling Kyle a rookie because he has not even played a full season. This is, this is his, what is going into his ninth start of his career. So he's still kind of in the midway point of what would be a rookie season. Uh, and this, the issues that were described, again, decision-making, processing, pocket awareness – you, it, it, you, you're going to have to go through some bad times to get better in those areas, and Peyton Manning can be the, will be the first to tell you. Here's one one part of that though, is since we know there's going to be some there's there's going to be some bad decisions, especially when you know a team is rushing three players and they're still getting you. Let's also call that I mean, what it yeah, was. I mean, that's what it was. Right. I mean, there's eight guys right. back in coverage, and you're having to bail out immediately because it all know, goes. The defensive it. end's already on you. Yep. But I want to see Kyle execute. In ways where it's not a matter of decision making, there here here is a guy that has his guy beat down the seam or has his guy beat deep. You've got to throw it sooner. You've got to give him a chance to make a play. He, I mean, of those twenty interceptions that Peyton threw, how many touchdowns did he throw? We haven't really seen Kyle get in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, we 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 got to see. And both. you can tell that he's he's pressing with that, right? I mean, because clearly on a couple of those interceptions, he's trying. Yep. To yep. force the ball into the end zone, right? Especially late in the first half, like you at least have to come away with three. Yep. I mean that that that's a point in the game where if you go into the locker room down twenty to three, then you get the ball back, start the second half. Conceivably, things go right. It could be a twenty to ten football game, and you're right back in it. I mean, so he and the thing about it is, if you watch Kyle's presser after the game, he knows. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't need to be told. He knows he's better than that. Especially because this isn't this wasn't something where it was like Lana scheming something up to really trick the young quarterback and he mm-hmm. couldn't really decipher the coverages. He's making poor decisions, you know, and that that falls on him. And again, you can see it in his face afterwards. He knows as well as anybody that that's just something that he needs to be better at. He needs to keep this team in a position where he's not losing it. And, you know, and I think that's what he had done so well for so right. long when he was five and zero without throwing a pick. Right. Now all of a sudden the picks have piled up and so have the losses. And it's worth noting this Atlanta defense Held Drew Brees without a touchdown too. Mm-hmm. The week before, right. this is a good that that was a good defense. <laughs> you know? I, and that's why I'm I'm sitting here with Will not Greer Jones. 
I don't agree with the poor pocket awareness, poor processing, and poor decision-making as saying that is who Kyle Allen is. I don't agree with that. I think Kyle, we've said from training camp, he has this very cool nature about him. He handles things. He, he can see things on the field when he's calm. He got rattled that you know this past yep. Sunday, and okay, he is a young quarterback. We're calling him a rookie. He's going to deal with that every now and then. The deep ball is just something I want to see. I, I'm with when Jake brought that up in the broadcast. I thought that's exactly what it is. Let let Curtis Samuel like the game. The the times that he has done it, I think there was one to DJ Moore. I want to say against the Titans or the Jags yeah. in the corner mm-hmm. where it was just a jump ball. He threw it up and let DJ go up and make a play, and DJ made a play. That's what I want to see more of, and where I'm seeing this. The reason this might be Will Greer's burner account is because at the end of this email, he goes, at least Will Greer threw for 7,000-plus yards, 70 touchdowns, and only 20 picks in college. Get out of here. He seems to have more (laughs) potential than this undrafted free agent who got benched everywhere he has gone. Ouch. Dude, chill. Will not Greer Jones. I think what you're seeing out of Kyle Allen is youth. Will Greer has even more youth. Will Greer yeah. is a true rookie. He has a lot that he needs to still process, and I think the fact that he's not playing is is a good thing. Well, I mean, I, and, that, and I think we need thing. to address that because and Ron did. I mean, yeah, Ron I mean, Ron did. Yeah, I mean that people been people were tweeting that you could tell that was bubbling up, like. Yeah. But it, I I think that just shows where we are as a okay. fan base right now that they're that impatient. Irrational, and that's okay. maybe. I'm fine, like I'm fine with the fan base jumping and saying, "Hey, we need to switch." You know, it's a valid need, question. That's fine. No, it's a valid question. I mean, you drafted Will Grew in the third round. Yeah. It's a valid question. I think right now the Panthers, unless it was at a necessity, would like this to essentially be a redshirt year for yeah. Will Greer. I mean, they they know that he needed this kind of season to learn behind the scenes and get better before throwing him into the fire. And obviously, they have full confidence and belief in Kyle to kind of get them through this season. And look. It wasn't just trying to get through the season. They were trying to get a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And I know this Atlanta loss is a huge hit to that. And that's part of the reason we're calling this episode group therapy is because this loss feels like it's a a massive one. Yeah. And it was. Again, it, it, it was. You're talking about a home game against a two-win Falcon team who I know is much better than that record indicates. And clearly they figured something out with going to New Orleans and to Carolina and getting decisive wins. But this loss was a punch to the gut for what this team is trying to do as far as you look for the postseason. So I, I get all that, but this team has chosen Kyle to be the guy this this year, and they want Will to learn. I mean, that's just and, – and that's kind of the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it's going to be for, the, for 2019. I'm excited to see Kyle go back to New Orleans. I, I am. I think this weekend – that's where that deep ball yeah, came alive. That, that's where, like, Some he, good vibes. This is one of the things that we can say he's done this before. He has gone down to New Orleans. He has handled this situation before. Yes, a lot of things were different. But this is really one of the first yeah. times that he's done something already. So I, I'm just – I want to see him bounce back from this. He was extremely dejected after this Atlanta game. I want to see how he rebounds from that and the type of game that he has. And I'm excited that it happens to be in a place that he's already played – He's going to know how to get around. He's going, you know, just little things like that make yeah. it better. So I, I, I understand the grievance. I appreciate the email. But now we need to get back to our voices because we got a little fired up there, guys. Are we feeling? You did. Are we feel? Is everyone out there feeling like we, we were able to? I think air that's out part. I think that's part of the therapeutic experience, though, is to kind of a release of that. I agree. And then to kind of like come back. Yeah. Now. We've kind of yeah. like gotten it out of our system. Let's yeah. get the music back on. Isn't that nice? Just very relaxed here at the end of this podcast. And before 
we go. We have something for you out there. And this is going to blow your mind by not only how random it is, but really how, how much you're about to learn um, about a certain song that everyone probably knows the first verse really well. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's these, these second, third, and fourth verses that I think are really just going to turn, turn your week around. So to end this group therapy session, Will, I would like for you to teach us the rest of the Thumb War song. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. Five, six, seven, eight. Finger guns proliferate. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Digits can't protect themselves. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Thumb UN won't intervene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that part yeah, was. Yeah, it ends with a bit of a Won't then, intervene. I really then, wanted to go to fifteen the, there. Then the next line was, I don't want to play with you anymore. Oh. No, we don't like that. We I like know, the, I know come la- on. last week it was the rapping episode, but can you rap that that for us? No. That, that was that was all you did. <laughs> that was that was it. No. Have you guys but seen I, him do the actual finger guns when he does it? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's five, five part. six, seven, eight <laughs> finger guns proliferate. <laughs> oh, we need that. Oh, we need video. I'm man. so sorry that this is only an audio piece out there, but just just picture Panther Stack guy there with his yep. with his I, digits out. I, I don't even know how that became a thing, but. Yeah, I, I, the, so the, you're the, welcome. We need to have like a bonus pre-show episode, like a mashup of all of the, our pre-shows. This, I, I mean, let's let's retrace our steps. How did this happen? You so, you just started singing the Thumbwear song randomly, what? right? Um, I don't yeah. know why. Oh, yeah, we were doing like a mic check? Yeah. Oh, that's what yeah, it was. I was it. doing my mic check, and, and you said one, two, three, four, and then I said... Five, six, then seven, you eight. Came back I said I declare I a thumb, declare war. A thumb yeah. war. Yeah, and then I said five, six, seven, eight. And we didn't we know didn't what know. it was we until Wikipedia had you, to tell us. Yep, then you went to the internet. And it's Wikipedia, so maybe Finger someone guns. changed that last line, and that's why it doesn't really work with fifteen. Yeah, I don't know. Because Wikipedia, you can do whatever you want on there. You can just change anything. But I still like it. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. Anyone out there? You know the verses. You say it now. Yep. Five, six, seven, eight. Finger guns proliferate. <laughs> such a good verse it's so good it's so good we hope that that ended this therapy session on a high note and and leaves you feeling ready for new orleans because this is not going to be easy guys hey thumbs up guys that's all i have to say after this episode will get your thumbs ready we're oh he's got (laughs) he's he's got got his pointer finger and thumb up in the finger guns gonna be rooted to shooting down (laughs) new orleans i'm a texas tech red raider right now oh goodness well guys that was the group therapy we hope you feel relaxed we hope you feel enlightened with a new song to share with all of your coworkers and all of your friends and we will see you uh well we actually won't see you but we will talk to you next next week. week yeah You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.